I think the NFC North's there for the taking. I think the the Lions with the new coach and the new quarterback, they're in rebuild mode. We don't know who the Bears quarterback is going to be yet. There's not really anywhere for the Packers to go but down. I feel like there's room for the Vikings to, to take this thing. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi. Gabe Henderson here alongside Chris Corso with the first edition of 2021 of the Vikings Vantage. We took a few weeks off, Corso. The season ended January 3rd after we beat the Detroit Lions, and we were doing an episode, a Vikings Vantage episode, every single week throughout the regular season. And, you know, it was a much-needed break. We let the playoffs go on and so on and so forth. But here we are. We're back, man. We got some new coaches. We got some new hires. We got a lot of optimism surrounding the 2021 season. And, bro, I'm excited to talk about it with, with, with you today. Absolutely, man. It was nice to get some time off, just take a little break there. It was an up and down roller coaster season, to say the least. And uh, I think we're, we're refreshed. We're ready to go. Uh, took a little break, but now we're looking forward to the new season. I, I mean, right when the offseason stuff starts to hit, that's when we get excited and start to think about all the possibilities. Every team's zero and zero and nothing but good thoughts going forward. Zero and zero, a lot of, like you said, a lot of optimism to look forward to. A lot of new hires, a lot of new coaching hires, starting with the offensive coordinator, Clint Kubiak. We'll get to that. But before we get there, um, this week, we have Sam Ekstrom of the Purple Insider, who's covered the team for, I think, the past seven seasons. He was with zone coverage, and he just accepted a job with Matthew Collar from the Purple Insider. He'll join us later in the show to discuss um, way too early uh, draft discussions, what the Vikings should look like this offseason, and many other Vikings things. But first, Corso, it's the first episode of the new year, and we start this show the way we always do, with the best thing we saw this week. So take us away. Gabe, my best thing I saw this week, you addressed the coaching hires, and, and just going up and down the list, we have a bunch of impressive names. I mean, when you see a Clint Kubiak, son of obviously Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer Gary Kubiak become the offensive coordinator. That's something that makes you happy as a Vikings fan, especially for Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins. But the name that stood out to me is a name I grew up watching, and that's Keenan McCardell. He will be the wide receivers coach for the Minnesota Vikings heading uh, into this season. And I watched his press conference last week, and Gabe, man, this guy just stood out to me. The way he addressed the media – how uh, he just like captured the attention of all the reporters in the Twin Cities. You, you go through all of these interviews uh, with the coaching hires. I think it was about like seven or eight last week. And this is the one that stood out to me. I, I love a bunch of the younger guys on our coaching staff, and, and they're, a lot of them are close friends. And I'm happy for an Andrew Janoco uh, becoming the quarterback's coach uh, and taking a step up from that wide receiver position. But there's something to be said about a former player with 17 years of experience in the NFL in Keenan McCardell, who becomes the wide receiver coach. And he literally says, I took this job because Justin Jefferson is here. I saw him at the combine. I met him at the combine. And from there, they continued this relationship on to the point where when Keenan was about to accept this job with the Vikings, he hit up Justin Jefferson and was like, what do you think, man? took the job and here they are he can't wait to get going uh with one of the top superstar wide receivers in the nfl and, and that's obviously an exciting thing for me uh the last thing on keenan mccardell and this is another connection that i really enjoyed gabe he coached vikings wide receiver stefan diggs at the university of maryland and this was years ago i think it was 2014 
And they had such a connection in that one one or two years, whatever it was. I don't even know the exact time frame, to be honest. But I think it was one. It was Stephon Diggs last year. His last year at the University of Maryland, obviously a big year for number four, for former number 14 of the Vikings. But uh, the, the connection is one that continued on through all these years. So when McCardell was going to take this job, guess what, Gabe? He hit up another former member of the Vikings and Stefan Diggs who told him that Adam Thielen is the guy that you really want to gain the respect of in this room. He's one of the best trash talkers in the NFL and a guy who brings it each and every practice. That was another recommendation that McCardell got when he decided to take this job with the Vikings. So, so many connections for McCardell. I think it's just one of the most important positions going forward, especially on the offensive side of the ball, obviously, Gabe. But, yeah, I'm really excited about this hire, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, absolutely, you should be. I think any guy who has 17 years of playing experience, two Super Bowls, he's caught two touchdown, two touchdowns in the Super Bowl, I, I think you automatically gain the respect of your players. And being a part of – well, being able to coach a, a dynamic duo in Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson – uh, it, it only reminded him of his playing days when talking to him um, earlier uh, this offseason. He said when Keenan McCardell was playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars, it was him and uh, uh, Jimmy Smith. And just seeing those two guys, you know, make the plays that they did during that round with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Keenan McCardell is excited, is excited, man. I had the opportunity to do a, a roundtable with him, uh, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, all, all three of those guys. And he said he looks at all his receivers like painters. And I was like, well, I guess, you know, with these two painters, it's, you know, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Are, are they Michelangelo and Picasso? And he was like, oh, I like that. I like that. So it'll be interesting to see how those guys uh, work it all out because we know we have a, a special group there. But the best thing I saw this week was from Daniel Jeremiah. He thinks the Vikings should address the wide receiver position again in the draft at the number 14 pick. He has the Vikings selecting Devontae Smith, Alabama Heisman Trophy winner, with the 14th pick for the Minnesota Vikings. And I know we're going to talk to Sam Ekstrom from the Purple Insider later about this pick, but that was very interesting to me because you have all these guys in the room that can make plays. So it'll be interesting to see what the Vikings do if Devontae Smith is the best player available at that point in the draft because that's a that's a that's a baller right there, Gabe. I mean, if you watched the national championship and saw what this guy did in that game, I mean, big moment. It, it kind of reminds me of Justin Jefferson and what he did in the national championship a few years ago with LSU. So, I mean, I know Coach Zimmer. I, I talk about this later on uh, with Sam Ekstrom from the Purple Insider. I know Coach Zimmer probably doesn't want to add another wide receiver at this spot, but like. You can't argue with what Justin Jefferson brought to the Twin Cities this past season. And I think Devontae Smith, he's the same type of player. A guy that's he doesn't have like the frame that you look for exactly from a wide receiver. He's not like a big bodied guy or or whatever, but what he was able to do and the production that he put up in the SEC is very comparable to what Justin Jefferson did with his eighteen touchdowns Jefferson had um his last season with LSU. So I, I wouldn't hate it, to be honest. I love playmakers. Give Kirk Cousins another one. I mean, I can't argue with that. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I, I'll leave it up to Rick Spillman and those guys to see how they want to attack um, the draft from that standpoint. But I, I think it's it's safe to say that Devontae Smith is a baller. But we, we know the Vikings have a lot of 
um, needs this offseason. One of the major needs was addressing the coaching situation. Um, we all know Gary Kubiak retired this offseason. Uh, his son, Clint Kubiak, will be the new offensive coordinator. And I'm, I'm very excited about this hire. I mean, it's a, it's a younger guy. It's, it's a guy who understands the playbook. Um, Kirk Cousins, we know he has had six offensive coordinators in the past six seasons, if you date back to his last two seasons in Washington. Um, but this one feels a little bit different, simply because Clint Kubiak Kirk, coached Kirk the past two seasons. He, he understands um, the terminology that he wants to use. He understands him as a person. And I think the transition is, is, is very seamless. And then Andrew Janoko from wide receivers coach last year to quarterbacks coach, um, I, I think those are just two seamless moves. When, when you look at those moves, what, what stands out to you? Yeah, Gabe, I mean, you, you just bolster the coaching staff, in my opinion. You keep the same um, zone outside running scheme that, that obviously Clint grew up watching his dad run on Super Bowl winning teams. I mean, it's something that's worked in multiple places. Um, from the Houston Texans to the Denver Broncos, where they won that Super Bowl. Uh, I I just think that this was the right hire um, for the Vikings at this point. You don't want to change too much with Kirk going back and forth between a few offensive coordinators on um, the past couple years and back until his time with Washington, like you said. So uh, why not let the guy who literally Kirk talks to after every big play uh, last season, he would go straight to Clint Kubiak, look at that Microsoft Surface, and adjust or obviously love the play that just happened on the field. So I think it's a great hire. I think I love um, moving Andrew Janoko to the quarterback position. Uh, he will be the quarterback's coach heading into this season, and, and we've touched on this on multiple shows, but Janoko was a quarterback at the University of Pittsburgh. So that's really what that that's his strength. Like that's his position. Uh, and I know the confidence that he's built up as a position coach here for all the years that he's been here under a Kevin Stefanski, under a coach, Pat Shermer, under North Turner, under Tony Sperano, the late great Tony Sperano. Um, Andrew Janoko has really become an awesome coach um, in the Vikings organization. And, and I love that he's moving to his, his core position of the quarterback coach. Um, and we touched on Keenan McCardell already bringing him in. I just think this offensive staff has a lot of firepower and I am very excited about the step. Like this Vikings offense took a big step last year. I can't even imagine the step that they're going to take this year, Gabe. Like there's so many pieces. I like, we don't even talk about nerve Smith. who's only like 23 years old. I mean, it's crazy. It's going to be exciting. And under Clint Kubiak, well, Gary Kubiak has been there the past two seasons, but the last two seasons with Kirk, with Clint Kubiak as the quarterback's coach, this Vikings offense has had a 3,000-yard passer, a 1,000-yard rusher, and a 1,000-yard receiver. So I, I think that is only a recipe for greatness for the future, and having those guys back with Keenan McCardo as the wide receiver's coach, um, I, I'm, I'm very excited about it. But moving on to the defensive side of the ball, um, the Vikings recently announced Carl Scott. He's going to be the deep, the new defensive backs coach, replacing Devontae Jones, who accepted a job as the defensive coordinator at LSU. If you don't know who Carl Scott is, he was, like I said, he was the DB's coach um, at Alabama last year on that national championship team. Carl, Carl Scott, man, he has a resume. Um, having coached, coaching the likings of uh, Trayvon Dix, Patrick Sertan, Xavier McKinney, 
a resume to say the least. And I think bringing that SEC awareness to this Vikings defense, um, especially that secondary group with all those young guys, and then you got Harrison Smith back there also, I, I think this is a, a huge step in the right direction for this Vikings defense. Yeah, I agree, Gabe. I mean, when you bring in a guy who won the national championship last year at that position, uh, we talked about this on the Minnesota Vikings podcast, and I, I just think it's a home run higher. Again, another important position, just like the wide receiver position. This is a skill position where the Vikings have a lot of young players, and Carl Scott is the right man for the job. And uh, I'm just excited about this this complete um, just additions on both sides of the ball for the Vikings coaching staff. We haven't even mentioned Paul Gunther uh, yeah. joining the staff as well as the senior defensive assistant um, to Mike Zimmer. They go back way back to their times um, in Cincinnati, and he was obviously the former defensive coordinator for the uh, for the Raiders. So I, I just think we're we're adding to the staff. We're making the changes that need to be made. And uh, I think Sam Ekstrom does a really good job in this next segment of, of really rounding up what we've missed these past couple of weeks, Gabe, um, when we took our time off here. For sure. And before we get to Sam Ekstrom, last but not least, Ryan Ficken is the new special teams coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. He brings a ton of valuable experience. He's been with the Vikings for over a decade. Um, so I'm excited about that hire. I think it'll be great for this Minnesota Vikings special teams that um, struggled to uh, Struggled a lot last year. Let's let's just be honest about it. But you know, with with the improvements um, in that group and at that you know coaching position, I think this Viking special teams will have um, a better year this year than they had last year. But here we are, our guest of the night, Mr. Sam Ekstrom. Welcome back to Vikings Vantage, presented by Pepsi. Gabe Henderson here alongside Chris Corso and our guest of the day. Vikings beat writer Sam Ekstrom from the Purple Insider. Sam, what's going on, man? It's going pretty well, Gabe. Thanks for having me on. I bet you've uh, you've added a few notches to your belt this week in terms of being a true Minnesotan with the, the polar <laughs> vortex and surviving it. That that's a big deal. I don't know what the weather was like in Washington for you, but um, this is this is as bad as it gets. Yeah, I, I don't know what to expect. I think I've contemplated the move about ten times in the past two days, um, but I'm here. And here we are covering the Vikings again this offseason. So this is a, a unique time, right? I mean, this is the, the the time where, you know, the optimism starts to build up, right? For fans, for, for media, you start to think about, all right, what should the Vikings do? What shouldn't they do? But before we get that far, what was your take on this Vikings season uh, to this point right now where we are right now? Yeah, I, I feel like this was destined to be sort of a retooling year, and it was. Um, at, at some point, you were going to have to to reset your cap. You're going to you're going to lose some of your veterans. They had an unprecedented run of like half a decade with the exact same defense. That doesn't happen in today's NFL, and they were going to have to pay the piper at some point. And that was last year. Um, they they didn't have a lot of depth. There was no margin for error. So. When they lost some guys to injury like Eric Hendricks and obviously Daniil Hunter, that that really put them behind the eight ball. I still really like what they have on offense. Um, I, I feel like as bad as things were at times on defense, that was still an offense that, that could have even won a couple more games for you if things had gone the right way. The ball bounces a little differently. Uh, they didn't have a lot of a lot of luck late in games. They didn't have a lot of injury luck last year. So things already started out kind of kind of. Uh, tenuous and then 
uh, the slippery slope kind of got him, you know, a little bit of Murphy's law last year, but I, I feel like this team's positioned well to continue its odd numbered year trend where every other year they make the playoffs, they bounce back 2015, 17, 19, and now 2021, I, I think still shapes up pretty well for the purple. Sam, I bring up the odd number stat to Gabe being the first year guy over here. I bring that up to him like every, I think every week, Gabe. To, every week, but yeah, to say the least. But uh, yeah, Sam, I know you've been covering the team a long time now. Uh, you've seen the ins and outs of these dominant defenses over the years. Uh, but this year, Coach Zimmer says in the offseason that this was the best offense that that he's seen since 2014 uh, being at the helm with the Vikings. So what are, your, what are your overall takeaways just on the offense? We're going to get into the Clint Kubiak hire as well, but um, tell us your thoughts on the offense and how they performed this past season. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think it was a really good offense, and I think there was still some meat on the bone too. I mean, they were they were 11th in points scored, 4th in, in yards per game. Uh, some of the deeper stats have them at like 8th in DVOA, 18th in, in points per drive. You can slice it any number of different ways. I would say they were a top third offense. I don't know if I'd go as far to say as they were a top five offense. If you go by yards, I think they were solid. Um, and I think there's still another level. I think once you kind of get a full off season to account for what you have in Justin Jefferson and, uh, and what he can do in the passing game, I think you can really unleash this thing. And they're going to have another year sort of with the, this same or similar system You've got a lot of the same pieces back and, and some continuity on offense, except for play caller, which, which has been sort of sticky for the Vikings to have the same voice uh, for two straight years. Other than that, there's a lot of good things coming back. And, and obviously Dalvin Cook's coming off his best year as well. So I feel like if you add maybe a couple pieces in protection, um, maybe grab a, another depth wide receiver or, or tight end, there's a lot to like about this offense and Kirk cousins keeps adding kind of elements to his game every year. Last year, it was the, the mobility aspect. He was, was very mobile late in the year. If he cleans up some of those turnovers, man, and can have like a 2019 type season again, uh, the sky's the limit for this unit. I'm going to pick up with what Corso said um, about Clint Kubiak later on, but I gotta, I gotta follow up on this. Your last answer. You said if the Vikings have a receiver at that 14 spot, if somebody's there, you know, a tight end or receiver that we probably should take them. So I was looking at Daniel Jeremiah's latest mock draft and he has the Vikings picking Devontae Smith at 14. Like, is that a pick that the Vikings should entertain or should they move back if that's the case? Yeah, I've given this a lot of thought, and I would love the the prospect of adding another star to this group uh, with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson bringing in a third wide receiver. That's reminiscent of uh, of the '98 team with Moss and Carter and Jake sure. Reed. I mean, that that could be three deep all over again, right, Corso? That's but for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't know if it's in the in the team's plans. Obviously, I'm not in the meeting rooms. Mm -hmm. I know that uh, this is not per se a three wide receiver offense, and you're not going to take like a, a star at number 14 to play a Chad BB amount of snaps. That just doesn't make a lot of sense. But if you're willing to sort of open up the passing playbook, spread things out a little bit more, if that's your intent to to revamp the identity of this offense then yeah, you should definitely go for it. I just don't know if that's in the team's plans because Mike Zimmer has expressed that uh, he's very happy with the scheme they run, which is a lot of multi-tight ends, a lot of fullback, a lot of running the ball with Dalvin Cook. And, and that's that's totally fine if that's the route they want to go. Um, I would love the idea of trading back in the draft and trying to acquire a second round pick. I, I think second round picks are 
critical when you look at who this team's picked up in recent years with Eric Kendricks and Mackenzie Alexander, who is a productive starter. Brian O'Neill is a really good tackle. Those are all second round picks. You can find stars in that round of the draft. So if you have a chance to move back in the first, still get like a really good defensive lineman and add a second round pick, yeah. I'm all for that. I got to put you on the spot here. I think we're about 11, 10 weeks away from the draft coming up here when the Vikings are slated to have that 14th pick, as Gabe said. I don't know if you've looked into the college film yet or gotten to that point, but if you're picking and on the clock for the Vikings, I know Coach Zimmer might have a heart attack um, if the wide receiver gets suggested <laughs> at that <laughs> spot, but uh, what would you do in, in the spot there, Sam? If I'm staying in that spot, I know that it's a pretty top-heavy draft at wide receiver, pretty top-heavy draft at quarterback, pretty top-heavy draft at defensive line. So I think my hope is for the Vikings, okay, maybe the four quarterbacks go in the top 10, top 12. A um, couple of those, those wide receivers go off the board. Maybe there's a run where three or four of them go off the board. Okay, now we're going to get the, the second-best or maybe third-best defensive lineman that's out there at great value. Maybe that's yeah. Quiddy pay. I, I think he's an incredible like specimen physically. Uh, you always want to compare guys to Daniil Hunter, right? But, but he's just a physical freak kind of in that same vein. So uh, I would take the best defensive lineman on the board, maybe defensive end coach Zimmer's expressed the desire to add pass rushers to this group, uh, whether that's three tech or, or defensive end. So I'm looking defensive line at number 14, maybe Quiddy pay, maybe it's Gregory Russo, uh, we'll, we'll see where the chips fall. We'll see uh, who I like after I watch a little more of that all 22. Well, you, you talked about the draft, but before we get to the draft, we still have free agency. And with the reduced salary cap, that, that makes every team think more strategically of how they want to attack free agency. So with you know free agency being very secondary heavy, and that's not knowing the future of Anthony Harris, have you seen any guys in free agency that the Vikings should you know look to attack or look to – uh, pursue in that sense? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've looked through all the positions and you mentioned, you know, Anthony Harris specifically. I think you could go after a guy like Deron Harmon uh, to be that guy. He had a great career in New England. He was the right-hand man with, with Devin McCourty and then got traded in 2020 when the Patriots were shaving all their salary cap and had a productive year with the Lions. But I think he's a perfect free safety option that's reliable in pass coverage can let Harrison Smith do his thing in the box. I think he'd probably come at, I don't know, 4 million per year, which would be pretty reasonable. He's 30 mm -hmm. years old, still has plenty left in the tank. Uh, I'd love someone like that, or maybe Jaquiski Tart at safety. If he can stay healthy, he's a From good Pittsburgh, playmaker right? for San Francisco. He's just dealt with injuries a lot. He's missed 24 games over the previous four years. So, um, and then I'd add a corner too. Like I think this team had options to add veteran help at cornerback last year, and they they didn't choose to do that. And uh, and then injuries really ravaged that group. So I, I'd add maybe someone like Nikel Roby Coleman, who wasn't phenomenal with Philadelphia last year, but but was really productive in previous years with the Rams, uh, and is an excellent slot option. Or maybe someone like Troy Hill, if he's affordable, he was good with the Rams last year. Um, in the secondary. So yeah, I'm, I'm adding to that group. We don't know about Harris. Uh, I like the young pieces they're bringing back with, with Gladney and Dantzler, but I still want depth there and uh, they're not spending a lot at cornerback. So I think you can afford to bring in a medium priced veteran just to add sort of an insurance policy. 
I want to delve into free agency a little bit more with you, Sam. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of tough decisions that Rob Brzezinski and, and general manager Rick Spielman are going to have to make this offseason, whether it's an Anthony Barr coming back. Uh, Anthony Harris was brought up as well. Uh, so what do you think is the toughest decision that they are going to have to make? Like, what's the one that's like, damn, we, we have to go this way or that way and uh, give us where you would go in that tough decision? I think it's definitely Riley Reef because he's coming off his best season as a Viking. He was, I, I think if you look at all tackles who had over a thousand snaps last year, he had the fewest pressures allowed. Yep. He was really good. The problem is that he represents the largest uh, cap savings if you were to, to release him, which is compelling. Like you can save $15 million or whatever it is and sort of, I would say double your free agency capital. Um, that's intriguing, but you also don't want to leave a hole at, maybe the most important position on the offensive line. I think I would probably offer him a, a short extension, try to reduce the cap number for next year, get that down, you know, maybe half of what it is now, and then give him some small guarantees in 2021 and 22. See if he can duplicate his best season as a Viking. And if he does, uh, you're golden. Um, obviously, if you let Reef go, you have a lot of money, but you still got to find his replacement. Maybe that's Ezra Cleveland. We didn't see a lot of him at tackle last year. Um, otherwise, you'll have to go out and find someone like Kelvin Beecham or, uh, you know, DeMar Dotson or, or move Brian O'Neill to left tackle. You're going to have to get creative uh, to fill that spot. So I think Riley Reef's a really, really tough decision. That's a very interesting point. Um, but I think after watching last year's season, there's probably more holes on the defense than there are on the offense. So however the Vikings figure out the Riley Reef situation, I feel like they'll be in good hands regardless because of all of the people that are coming back. But with Clint Kubiak at the helm, what do you think changes for this Vikings offense? Yeah, that, that's interesting. I, I think they leaned so heavily on Dalvin last year that I think the obvious correction, if you're going to course correct, is to, to balance it out a little more. They were pretty run heavy on, on like second and long situations, second and short situations relative to their peers in the league. Um, and I know this is an offense that's built around Dalvin. Like you got to ride, you know, the, the, the workhorse back and he's paid nicely to do that and to get a lot of work. But I think if they, they balance the run pass a little bit more, put the ball in Justin Jefferson's hands um, and, you know, give Dalvin a break too. He, he, he absorbs a lot of hits. He's had injury issues in his career. Um, toss the ball around, get everybody involved. And, and make the offense just a little more unpredictable, I think, is the, the path I would take. Um, I, I, I like the play action that they've always run, you know, with Stefanski and with Kubiak. I feel like that's, that's the play to get Jefferson and Thielen open downfield. I would just throw it a little more intermediate. Uh, throw it more on first down. Throw it more on second down. Try to set yourself up, um, you know, with more third and manageables or just avoid third down altogether. Yeah, you bring up Justin Jefferson and, and I have to bring up the other big coaching hire that was made for the Vikings. And that's the wide receiver coach, Keenan McCardell. Normally some of these coaches you hear and you don't get a name like that. A guy who played 17 years in the NFL, he literally said he took the job because of Justin Jefferson. So uh, what do you think his impact is going to be on Justin? Because like you said earlier, I mean, I, I don't think you can argue the fact that you want to get Justin Jefferson the ball more when he has a season like he did last year. Yeah, I think McCardell brings a great credibility to the room just because 
He's got sort of the clout of name recognition. Everybody knows that name. I mean, if you grew up in the 2000s, you, you've heard of Keenan McCardell. Um, and I remember getting a chance to talk to Keenan in 2018 when the Jaguars came to uh, the Twin Cities for joint practices. And yeah. I got to talk to him about his relationship with Stefan Diggs and the influence he had on Stefan Diggs when he was in college. Uh, and, and it's easy, I think, to project that on now to another young guy in Justin Jefferson. And, and some of the things that he can do with, with Justin uh, mentally, the ways he can get him to watch film, um, sort of the intangibles that you don't always think about when you're covering the team. There's so much more to wide receiver than just running the routes and catching the ball. It's a mental game. It's a chess match against you and the defensive back. And Keenan's going to know all of the intricacies of what that entails. So I think it's a dynamite hire. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to hearing more from Keenan on, on how that relationship is building. Yeah, I grew up a Keenan McCardell fan also. Having, I've seen him and Jimmy Smith, the dynamic duo in Jacksonville. Um, but from one of the interesting conversations I've had with Keenan, he said that, you know, he's been the number one guy. He's been the number two guy. He's been the number three guy and the four guy. So he understands how it all works. But going back to your point of with Clint Kubiak having, you know, a more balanced offense, not being run heavy. How important do you think that wide receiver number three position is for this offense? Yeah, I think that's always the unsung position in the offense because that's someone who can pick up that clutch third down because yeah. you're using the, the third wide receiver most in those critical downs. And, and uh, I think credit to Chad Beebe for, for putting together a nice, solid season in 2020. He stayed healthy for the first time in a long time. Um, and I think he's definitely got a place on this team. Uh, but if you want to add another body there, you know, I, I wouldn't complain about that. Danny Amendola is sitting on the free agency market. He's Mr. Consistency at age 35, never shows any, any wear or tear. He picks up first downs. He doesn't drop balls. I think that's pretty compelling. Um, and, you know, even if you don't splash for a Devonte Smith, this is still a really good wide receiver draft as well. So find somebody in the, the, the middle rounds to add to the mix. Um, and you're going to get KJ Osborne back. He might've improved BC Johnson in his third year might've improved. I think you can count on probably some, some positive progress from guys that are already on the roster. So I think it's an important position. And, and if you're going to throw the ball more, um, you know, at some point defenses are going to hone in on, on just Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. You need that third option. Cause we've seen that, that if an offense gets a little too predictable, that, the defense knows how to take that away. So you got to have that additional option. You know, maybe it's Irv Smith lining up more on the outside and sort of being that third wide receiver. There's a lot of ways that you can, you can go about it, but acquiring a little more depth at wide receiver, I think is a good thing. Last one for me, Sam. Uh, the reason why we have you on the show is you, you joined Matthew Collar at the Purple Insider with a new role uh, covering the Vikings as a, as a beat reporter. So kind of tell Vikings fans where they could find your work and, and what you'll be doing with your uh, new position over there at the Purple Insider. No doubt about it. Matthew uh, you know, brought me aboard uh, this last month. Uh, his business did incredibly well um, after he started it in May. He's built a really good thing there. You can get daily Vikings content straight to your inbox if you want. Uh, and, and it's really affordable if you want to support us month to month. Um, it's daily podcasting, daily content, and, and you can check it out at purpleinsider.com or the Purple Insider Podcasts, wherever you like to find your podcasts. 
Um, and I'll be contributing there in, in a podcasting and writing role. And I think it's fun because Matthew and I both have radio backgrounds. So we kind of like to get into debates. We like to talk each other's ears off. Um, and then we supplement it with, with obviously the journalism we do out at TCO and, and all the interviews we conduct. So it's a great operation Matthew's built, and I'm happy to be on board. Uh, both, you've got, both of you guys do phenomenal work. So it's great to see you at the Purple Insider. And I know you guys are going to continue to do Phenomenal work. But before I get you out of here, my last question for you, because I asked Matt this question, well, Kyler, this question a, a while back. What's your way too early prediction for the Vikings this year? It, when I look at the trajectory of some of the teams in their division, I think the NFC North's there for the taking. I, I think the, the Lions with a new coach and a new quarterback, they're in rebuild mode. We don't know who the Bears quarterback is going to be yet. And, you know, it, there's not really anywhere for the Packers to go but down. I mean, two 13 and three seasons and a couple <laughs> NFC championship game trips, the salary cap's going to catch up to them eventually. So I feel like there's room for the Vikings to, to take this thing. And with a little more injury luck on defense and continuity on offense, I think this is a, an 11 win team. So I, I'm bullish on the Vikings. I really am. I think that this can be a playoff team. And, and I think the question is, can it be like a, a Super Bowl contending playoff team? That's mm -hmm. what I don't know yet. A lot of answers uh, or a lot of questions that need to be answered. But I like double-digit wins for the Vikings this year. Double-digit wins. I think 10 wins gets you a playoff spot for sure, especially having seven teams on each mm -hmm. side. Um, the Vikings can do it. The pieces are there. But more importantly, you're here. You're with the Purple Insider now. And we appreciate you jumping on this podcast today. Thanks, Gabe. Thanks, Corso. Take it easy. Sam Ekstrom, Vikings beat reporter from the Purple Insider. All right, Chris, so that was a, uh, a very introspective, we'll put it this way, a very insightful interview with Sam Ekstrom from the Purple Insider. Um, a lot of takeaways from that interview. What were, some, what were some things that stood out to you that he said? First of all, his growth as a reporter in the Twin Cities, like he's been around for a long time, back to the Winter Park days. Uh, way before your time at the Vikings game. But, no, he, he has a lot of experience. I think you've heard it there from his um, odd year stat, which you would only know the Vikings have made the playoffs in every odd year of Coach Zimmer's tenure. Um, when, he, when he pulls out a stat like that, which is, as I said, one of my favorite stats, um, you know this guy knows what he's talking about. So uh, I really appreciated his, his insight on the draft. And – it's probably way too early, as we said, uh, to be making a pick for the Vikings at number 14. But when he's talking about trading back, uh, looking at the defensive line, he threw some names out there. Um, a guy named Quiddy Pay from the University of Michigan, real athletic inside defensive lineman. I, I really like uh, what Sam was able to bring to this show, and, and we're, I'm excited to be back, man. Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing for me was – him predicting that the Vikings will have double-digit wins this year. I think that is very doable and very possible. I think with those double-digit wins, what do you do in the playoffs? Um, I think this is a team that is primed to make a run in the playoffs. And it starts now, man. It starts this offseason. It starts where we are right now, uh, hiring these coaches, um, figuring out what we're going to do in free agency in the draft. And it was, it was just a great time talking to him. Um, I think uh, going forward for him and the Purple Insider – I think that is a great hire for Matthew Collar and those guys over there. So it's, it's great being partners with those guys, and they always bring uh, valuable insight uh, for Vikings fans about 
um, our team and what we do here. And they, they always provide a different perspective, and that's what we love. But, Corso, that's all I got today. If you got any final thoughts, take it away. Yeah, I think that's about it. I'm really excited to keep this show going uh, throughout the offseason. Hopefully we will continue to uh, keep you up to speed on everything that's going on with the Minnesota Vikings. I'm excited about the draft, excited about free agency, and uh, I think this was a positive episode um, following a few couple weeks where when the season ends and you have to watch some playoff games, especially when the Packers are playing, uh, definitely some negative thoughts <laughs> about what about the season, but man, I think we're we're moving forward, and I'm really excited for this odd year uh, heading forward for the Minnesota Vikings. A couple of dates before we get you out of here: the franchise tag, the franchise, the franchise slash transition tag designation window is February 23rd through March 9th. Um, so, guys, the, well, teams could franchise their players similar to what the Vikings did last year with Anthony Harris. Um, and then the free agency negotiating window starts March 15th. They have three days, March 15th through the 17th, to start negotiating which players, which contracts they want to have, which players teams want on their team, and what con- what the contract will look like. Last but not least, free agency starts March 17th, man. That is going – this year is going to be more insane than probably any year we've seen in our life. Um, so it- it'll be – um, exciting to see, and I know it's our last but not least, but this is last but not least. The NFL draft is still set to be scheduled uh, in Cleveland this year, starting on April 29th, and it will go until May 1st. Um, in the meantime, guys, feel free to go to Vikings.com to stay up to date on the team. For Chris Corso, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you again for tuning into another edition of Vikings Vantage, presented by Pepsi. <laughs>